Hi, CityCast listeners. In the last few years, Americans have been struggling more than usual with their mental health. And in Houston, where there's Hurricane Harvey PTSD and the threat of extreme heat, the challenges are even greater than in most places. What can we do about that? CityCast nature and ecology contributor Jaime Gonzalez has a great solution. It is Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. So, Jaime, we recently saw the fifth anniversary of Hurricane Harvey here in Houston, and you and I were both really struck by how many people are still suffering from mental health difficulties because of that storm. Could you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that what we have is it's almost like being in a uh, shipwreck and these waves keep coming in. So first it was the Memorial and Tax Day floods. It was Hurricane Harvey and it was the pandemic and uh, the Arctic storm. And so what we've seen is this whole cascade of mental health, things that are challenging mental health. And there are people five years out who have had to withstand not being in a home having lost uh, vehicles, having lost um, relatives, friends that are still dealing with the, the mental health aftermath of, of climate-charged storms like Hurricane Harvey. And that's on top of other mental health challenges that Americans across the country are facing, which means that anything we can do right now to make life a little easier is important. That's right. I think that, you know, what we're seeing is we're seeing this kind of compound interest with mental health issues in terms of anxiety, depression, increased suicide. And there are no magic uh, bullets out there in terms of fixing all of mental health. Um, Our traditional mental health, you know, delivery systems are going to be super important. But from my perspective, as a as somebody who's working to embed nature back into the city, it Mm -hmm. could be a really strong ally to our traditional mental health services in getting people to a better place, both at the daily level mm-hmm. and when we uh, when we think about how we both avoid as many uh, climate-induced calamities in the future. So how do we change the city to make it more uh, resilient to those things uh, so we can avoid the mental health issues that come along with those, but also in the aftermath of these, these really uh, chaotic uh, events that we're seeing more and more of and are likely to see more and more of. So I think it's both of the daily stresses and the the shocks that we see more and more. Yeah. So how does that work? How does nature improve people's mental health? Yeah. So I think, you know, one thing to to recognize is I always tell people that nature is our oldest relationship, that we've had a relationship to nature before we were human beings, right? (laughs) And so to think that we can get rid of nature uh, in cities um, or not have enough of nature in cities is really kind of neglecting that fact. So there are many things that we can do to get more nature into our lives for better mental health. One thing that's really easy uh, to do is to get some things going in your yard or your patio. Um, Real interesting research is coming out, uh, particularly after the pandemic, in terms of how people are using nature to reduce stress and be in better uh, mental health. And it, it turns out that your nature, nature dose doesn't have to be super, super high. 
Uh, there have actually been some studies that show that like even watching or looking at photos of nature for five minutes has <laughs> a real stress relieving, wow. um, you know, effect. I mean, it's, I tell people all the time that it's not for nothing that you go into a medical facility or a hospital and they don't have pictures of hard rock artists or abstract <laughs> paintings on the wall, right? So we know this intuitively and we oftentimes go on vacations to go find that mental relaxation. And then we come back and, and we don't have as much nature. So let's, let's build it back in. Oh, and there are just tons of studies that show this, right? That being in nature, being outdoors, being among leaves is great for all sorts of people, for children, adolescents, people who are struggling with all sorts of problems. That's right. There is a, a growing body of evidence that nature has a transforming effect. And sometimes it has an effect that you wouldn't even guess. So for instance, one of the things that they have found is that where there is more nature in particular forms, crime goes down. So they oh. had this study in Philadelphia where they took these um, these woodlots in very dense neighborhoods with very little nature. Um, they cleaned them up. They revegetated them. And lo and behold, murder rates went down in that neighborhood by 29%. And what they looked at is like afterward, well, did we just displace this somewhere else? And they didn't find that they had displaced it. It was just that, that connection with nature that tended to have a soothing impact. And as somebody who actually was born and went to high school in one of the neighborhoods they studied, and it had very little nature, I can tell you that nature has a way of humanizing us. And absent of that, what happens is hard surfaces and concrete surfaces actually have a negative impact on self-esteem, self-efficacy and these things. So it's not just the addition of nature, but the, the presence of hard concrete places actually hurts us as well. Wow. So that means a lot in Houston, which I think of as more of a hard concrete place than I want it to be. So have you been back to these neighborhoods in Philadelphia? Have you seen them since they've added the wooded lots? Um, I have been back a couple of times and there's a whole greening movement happening in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in Detroit, in these very compact walkable cities that, mm -hmm. that just didn't have very much nature. So what would that look like in Houston? We're not a compact walkable city. We're not a compact walkable city. There are some neighborhoods that are, that are more compact than others, but um, sometimes what it would mean is just a change in plant palette. So sometimes what happens is that we're planting a whole bunch of things based on really just one value, which is aesthetics. Like this looks really pretty. Good case in point is like um, crepe myrtle, mostly planted for its, its beauty. It does support some bees, but if you replace that with a plant that maybe attracts songbirds, it could have a cascading effect. Here's why. So there's, there was recently some studies on songbirds and mental health. And what they found was that after noises of water, running water, bird song was actually the thing that really improved your mental health the best in terms of natural <laughs> sounds. Now, it's not every bird. Yeah. Just to be clear, okay. grackles, grackles are not going to make you happier. <laughs> so very discordant okay. birds do not, they increase your stress. Okay, so we're not going to like try to build grackle habitat. But if you build a habitat for songbirds, that has really been strongly correlated with feelings of comfort, of safety. Um, so really like what you plant can determine what you hear and what you hear can determine your mental health state, right? So as you're going for these daily doses of nature, gardening 
is a form of building mental health infrastructure into the city. So gardening, but thinking also about planting for animal life. That's right. We have what is known as biophilia, right? This need Uh to connect with other species, not every other species. You know, you don't want grizzly bears roaming Houston. (laughs) Uh, Fat chance that's going to happen. But you do want to be surrounded and you want to feel connected. Here's one really cool thing that's come out during the pandemic. One of the very um, causative factors for chronic diseases, both physical and mental, is loneliness. Loneliness is a precursor to heart disease, to lots of diseases uh, that will shorten your life. What they found in the study was fascinating. If folks created civic spaces where people felt like they were included, it decreased loneliness. But if they measured people just getting in contact with trees, seeing the sky, uh, getting in, in touch with green spaces, that reduced their feelings of loneliness by 29%. Wow. Now, if you stick civic spaces together and beautiful nature together, you get parks, right? Yeah. That's where the huge decreases in loneliness happen. And at an age where we're suffering disproportionately from anxiety and depression and PTSD from these, from these shocks to the system, it can be a part of the strategy that we deploy. Yeah. And I think that's one that all of us would much rather see than dealing with these issues after the fact. I'd rather have a park with trees than a really lovely facility to take care of PTSD. That's right. That's right. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So are there any projects in Houston that you know of that seem particularly exciting, that seem like they would be bringing this kind of nature infrastructure to places that need it? Yeah, I think I think one thing that's really phenomenal is, and we've talked about this before, is the Bayou Greenways 2020 and beyond the Bayou's plan that Houston Parks Board is doing. Because in so many ways, what that is doing is it's more equitably distributing green spaces, opportunities to hike and bike, opportunities to inter- interface with, with the awe and wonder of nature that really yeah. grounds us. So these are the these are the trails that go along the bayous that cut through all of Houston's neighborhoods. That's right. That yeah. that project has really brought a lot of connectivity along our bayous, which also are a cultural touchstone. It's a it's a place to find meaning and sense of place, which also can make people feel more comfortable. So I think that's a big transformative one. I think anytime where you are, you know, building in more biodiversity into particularly neighborhoods that have uh, low indices of of green space or park space. You know, you got to remember that. Um, so the Trust for Public Land puts out a an index every year of the 100 biggest uh, metropolitan areas. And how are they doing with providing equitable access to park space and green space? Houston has done better than it has been in the past, but it's still at number 70. Wow. Um, and part of that is, can people get within 10 minutes to a green space? So that's part of the solution. The other part is just, 
as we try to make this town greener and more healthy and more climate ready, mm-hmm. what can we do so that people don't even have to walk to a park? How can we line the, the streets with trees to abate heat and to capture stormwater and all these good things, but also just give people a mental break so they go outside their front lawn or their their front door and they walk down the street and they start hearing bird calls, see the monarch butterflies, and they can feel more comfortable, you know, and they can feel more connected to something bigger than themselves. How can Houstonians get that? Who do we ask for it? Where do we go? Yeah, I, I think one of the big opportunities here is that, you know, we have the largest medical center in the country. We have a very robust environmental scene here, mm-hmm. but we don't always walk together. We don't always talk together. In some other places, that connection is really getting stronger. Uh, in some places, doctors are literally prescribing time outside. Oh, wow. As, <laughs> to say, <laughs> look, this is going to do your heart, your mind, a lot of good. And so I think one of the big opportunities here that I get excited about is, can we bring together uh, folks that have common cause, health professionals, conservation professionals or environmental professionals, people who want to see good things happening, community organizers, can we get them in a space and say, look, this is going to solve everything, but boy, it's a, it's a step forward and it is a meaningful contribution to getting people to a better place. Yeah. Oh, that's hopeful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jaime. This has been cheering. I feel, I feel slightly better now. I I have an idea about (laughs) things we can do. (laughs) Well, it doesn't take a lot, right? Yeah. So go outside, look at the moon for five minutes. <laughs> or take a take a magazine like National Geographic and look at some beautiful nature pictures. Sometimes people think, I got to go out to a national park. Make it a daily part of your routine at lunch or just some time where you just take a break and you get your nature dose. That was CityCast contributor Jaime Gonzalez. Now, I'm here with producer Carleon Jones. Carly? What else is going on around Houston today? Hey, Lisa. So a study done by a law professor at the University of Pennsylvania and a political scientist at the University of Chicago has revealed some interesting information about evictions in Harris County. According to the study, an estimated 900 Harris County residents a year would have avoided eviction rulings if they simply had just lived closer to the courts. The study said that if everyone facing eviction in Harris County lived about 10 minutes from their hearing, then roughly 17,000 people would have avoided losing their homes by default between 2000 and 2018. Wow. That is it for our show today. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and tell a friend. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. It is, oh God, all right, it's Monday the 6th, okay, Tuesday the 6th.